Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Daily Bit, where we spill all the tea on anything and everything you need to know. I'm Elmira, and my co-host is... Andrea And we are the hosts for today's episode, and we, today, are going to be talking about our future guest. Um, do you want to say something? Do you want to say hi, Mika? Hello, my name is Mika. I'm a professional <laughs> racing driver. <laughs> so, let's, let's do it. Let's get into it. So, hello Mika. You want to tell us a bit about yourself some more? Uh, I'm 17 years old. Uh, I stay in Subang Jaya and uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Yeah, what Can't do you do? Tell us about what you do. I'm a professional racing driver. I'm for Toyota Gazoo Racing Malaysia, currently in their Young Driver Talent Development Program. So, I've been in their program so far for about two months and you know the, the contracts uh, you know supposed to be for about a year or so oh a year oh that's long yeah yeah very well, long mm-hmm. well, I think it would, I would think it would be longer but yeah okay anyways um so we know maybe I'm a good friend of Mika here he's one of my closest friends so um <laughs> He's a very interesting person, and I thought we could this episode talk about how how we can turn our dreams into reality, and um, I think he's a very good example of this particular situation. So tell us how how you got into it and stuff. How did you get into it? erasing everything? So it was about March last year where uh, I went to Sepang. There was a race in Sepang. It was the Asia GT Festival, and then you know, just uh, came there as a spectator and then yeah, just planned to watch the race actually. But there was some sort of event with the simulators and stuff that I decided to try out, and then you know, uh, coincidentally there were some esports teams then and they were quite impressed by my pace so they asked me to uh, the team was blue steel racing so they asked me to join their team and then from then on that's how i sort of started uh, sim racing and i started it with just like one goal in mind to springboard into real life racing because that's what i always wanted to do as a kid but never had the funding for it and after about a year and a half i made my dream come true so you said you mentioned that you always wanted to do it right Yeah. So, what exactly inspired you when you were a kid to do this? What what was your inspiration that got you into this idea? Does that make sense? So, my dad was like he used to work with Petronas and he used to travel to a lot of the F1 races like, you know, not just Japan but also in like Canada and uh, the US and stuff like that. So when he came back with all these like cool signed caps and shirts, and when he showed me, brought me to the F1 races in Sepang, I was like really, really you know interested in motorsports. Wanted to be in F1, but you know, uh, of course, if you wanna start in motorsports, you have to start very getting you know. Uh, Sadly enough, I did have like a few million ringgit lying around, uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, that's just basically how I started to love motorsports because my dad used to take me to a lot of the F1 races and uh, just really, really loved going to it. That's nice. That's very interesting. So, like, was this like a, a love since you were a kid, like from that yeah. love? Yeah. 
to do this sort of thing. So, yeah. In your yeah. e-racing team, are you with who's in your team? Is it just are you the youngest? Are you the oldest? How does it work? Yeah, in my e-racing team, I'm the youngest. Uh, everybody else is like about ten years older. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, he's got like. 18 years of uh, e-racing experience, which is like more experience than I've had being alive. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think yeah, that's the main thing. Since I, since I'm young, I don't have as much experience as the other guys. But uh, you know, experience comes along the way. And then you know, as long as you're motivated to work hard and To keep learning whatever there is to learn, even if you aren't the best, I think that's what's the most most uh, that's the most important thing. Hmm. So, Mika, do you have any any professional experience racing? If that makes sense, uh, physically racing automobiles. If that makes sense. Yeah, I've had a few. Uh, I've participated in a lot of go kart championships, uh, a lot of car racing in Sepang. So, uh, I've had my way, uh, you know, around the local motorsport scene in terms of racing. Uh, but in my, and so I would say that because you know, racing and e-racing is similar. If you participate in a lot of the high-level competitions online, you tend to find it a lot harder in terms of you know trying to extract a lot of talent within yourself you know, in those e-races compared to the real life races because since it's online you're racing against a lot of these really really good drivers and if you you know race locally it's just you know local talent but yeah i, I have a, had experience in a lot of uh uh like real life championships my latest one was in langkawi last year and i did some go-kart championship there oh you're talking about the the, the go-kart course in langkawi right Yeah, the one near the airport. Yep, yep. Yeah, that, wow. that was really cool. During the races, sometimes like it were. Well, I think we had a race uh, last year where it was like uh, around four, between four and six o'clock, something like that, four and seven, and then you know. It, The sun was starting to, you know, get down, and then it was sunset, and then planes were landing and stuff. It was really distracting when you're driving, but it was really cool. <laughs> oh, that's that's actually quite a coincidence because that that track I sort of grew up racing on that track. Really? Wow. Yeah, because my father he lives there, so uh, that that track has been around there forever. Like it's been yeah. there for God knows how long. Yeah. It's like it's changed hands quite a lot of times, but mm-hmm. I think the people running it right now, I don't know. Were you using the carts provided by the people there? Yeah. Yeah, because they just changed it out when they started running the place. And I think they're pretty alright. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. The new carts are really fun. Uh, actually, I have a question. Like you talk about. Um... Adam was saying physical racing, and then there's e-racing. Um, is that a really big difference when it comes to? I mean, like, of course, there's like the actual car and the feel of it. But when it comes to, you know, like controlling it and stuff like that, how does it feel? <laughs> It's actually very, very similar. Uh, you'd be surprised as to how, if you're good in e-racing, it teaches you a lot of, uh, you know, 
key techniques on how to handle a car if it's you know behaving a specific way. And I think that's what makes the difference, uh, you know, for drivers like me because we drive a lot of different cars uh, on the sims. Uh, the sim, the simulator games that we play are very, very realistic, and they're developed by you know real life racing teams, uh, developed with real life racing teams. So, in a lot of the handling is very, very similar. It, if it's really tough to drive quick, because you have to learn uh, specific ways on how the car handles and stuff, how you cope with certain you know. Uh, uh, issues when the car is not behaving the way you expect it to and stuff like that so in terms of the skill you need to be fast in e-racing and in real life racing is actually very very similar okay so um since you mentioned e-racing what what how do you e-race specifically uh is there any sort of app or game that you use to erase yeah there's a uh, quite a few games uh i think there's only like about five or yeah, around five of them that are considered realistic by like not by like our sort of like uh, not, not our own words or anything but it's also by like f1 teams and stuff like that so one of the ones that i spend most of my time on is this one simulator called r factor 2 uh, so I race uh, mainly endurance races on there. Uh, recently, there was in June, uh, they had a race on R Factor Two. It was a virtual twenty-four hours of Le Mans, and there were like fifty F1 drivers that took part. And that was, I, I would say, that's the highlight uh, of my life so far, being able to drive against these for Formula One drivers. There was one time in one of the test races for that virtual Le Mans event, I was battling wheel to wheel with Jensen Button. And then I think two, three laps after that, uh, oh no, actually it was in the pits when we were both repairing our car and my pit box was right behind Jensen Button's car. I was just thinking to myself, wow, I'm, I was battling with someone that I grew up watching win the World Championship in 2009. This, this is amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember uh, we talked a lot about you being in Le Mans and I was like, super proud. But like, tell us about that. How did you get into it? Like, uh, how, how did it start? So since the real life 24 hours of Le Mans got cancelled due mm. to the pandemic, uh, they decided to host a virtual race that a lot of these teams and drivers took very seriously. And when that was first announced, I thought, wow, oh, cool, they're making it into an e-race. There's no way I'm going to be selected for that, so I'm not going to even bother reading everything. So I just, I, did, I didn't even click on the article, I just scrolled past it. Because I thought it was just, you know, there's millions of people doing e-racing. There's no way I'm going to get into a grid of just like 50 drivers. Okay, like 200 drivers when you include like uh, 4 drivers per team. So I thought, okay, 200 people getting in, there's no way I'm going to get shortlisted. I'm not going to waste my time reading this article. But then I found out that Alex Young uh, got an entry for Malaysia uh, under Axel Motorsport. So then I thought, huh, all right, maybe if I approach him, I have a chance. So I I, <laughs> I contacted him and then I was like, hey, I've done Le Mans on R Factor 2 before. I have a few setups. You can try it out. And then, you know, uh, he asked me to be the team's reserve driver. And I was already like quite happy with that because even being the reserve driver, I could sort of like test stuff for them, hop on the server and then, you know, be in the same server with 
Max Verstappen, Lando Norris, and all of that. So I was really happy with that. And then, you know, I, I was praying a lot that, that I would be <laughs> selected somehow, even though he already had two drivers selected to do the race uh, alongside him and his son. Uh, I, I still thought that there was no way I was going to get in. But then the organizers uh, said that one of my teammates couldn't race because he didn't have enough experience. And that's when they chose me to race. So then I, I was really, really shocked because I went from not even reading the article about the launch of the event because I thought I was never going to get in to actually being shortlisted to drive by the organizers themselves. So I was really, really happy about that. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember um, actually like finding out about this event through like watching their live streams like Lando and uh, Charles and then I was like wait this is like the Le Mans that Mika was talking about and then I like, <laughs> together and I was like oh shoot that's crazy <laughs> and then I-, I remember like it playing in the background the whole 24 hours on my, on my laptop just it was surreal seeing like yeah. a good friend of mine like versing against all these people then I realized that wow he really Mika is a phenomenal person <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it was really exciting to see um, if you guys, to the viewers, uh, I mean to the listeners, if you guys get a chance, you guys should definitely rewatch the 24 hours of the month. It was really entertaining. It was really good. Good yeah, Definitely. Yeah. So, um, you you said that you approached Alex Young like he, how did you do that? Why did you do that? What made you do that? Because, I, well, I, would, I, can, I, I wouldn't have the guts. There's <laughs> not many people play R Factor 2. So, uh, I, I mean, in Malaysia, a lot of people play it like outside of Malaysia, but not a lot of people in Malaysia actually spend time on it. They play more like Acero Corsa, Race Room, iRacing. And then when I found out that they got the entry and it's on R Factor 2, the first thing that came to my mind was I, they, they might need some help because <laughs> it's not something straightforward. It's, you can't just jump in and be quick. So uh, I had his number because he was hosting uh, e-racing Grand Prix Southeast Asia last year. So in one of the driver briefings, we switched numbers and then uh, sort of stayed in contact ever since. So since I had this number, I just contacted him and talked about it and stuff. And then when I gave him the setup that I had, he was actually quite impressed with it uh, because it allowed him and his son to go a little bit quicker so that's when uh, you know uh, that, that's when he decided that I should be a part of the team even if you know I can't drive in the actual event itself uh, but you know, since I really really wanted to at least because I knew that I was at that time I thought I was never going to be in right because there's like millions of people that are trying to get in so, but then I thought, you know, if I don't try, then the chances are zero. And if I try, the chances are probably like 0.1%. So, might as well. <laughs> That's a good mindset, I guess. I guess you never really think about it. Yeah. You're insanely brave. Oh, I won't be able to do that. <laughs> um, hey, hmm, so, out of my own curiosity, and potentially the curiosity of anybody listening to this. What vehicles do you have experience racing with? Uh, most recently was with the Toyota uh, Vios Challenge cars. Uh, those cars are really, actually really cool because they have this one uh, festival. It's called the Toyota Gazoo Racing Festival where not only uh, pro uh, drivers race in it, but also like celebrities, like 
I think Shafiq Kyle, uh, Jananik, and a lot of other celebrities racing it as well. And I remember I, well, since I really wanted wanted to do racing, I always asked the because I knew a few people that do the races in that championship. I always asked them, you know, how much uh, does it cost to get in and stuff. How do you even get in? And then it's crazy to think that even you know before I thought. Uh, before Toyota even approached me for this whole program, I was like thinking about how do I get in and stuff, and then now I've got the opportunity. So it's really cool. If you don't mind me asking, was this an online race or did it physically occur? Uh, it's uh, real life racing. Yeah. Ah, was was this your first time racing a a car like that? Yeah, it was because. Uh, it's a quite different car. It's actually very. Uh, it's probably road legal to be honest. So uh, it's cool that Toyota uses those kind of cars in a championship to sort of like. Uh, I heard that their main purpose, were in doing that, is to develop their cars more. So like the whole Toyota Gazoo Racing Festival and everything is to just make ever better cars. So it was my first time in a car like that first time being given a car actually so it was a really really fun experience but sadly we can't we're supposed to go back out on track in a few days but since the cmco got extended we have to wait until december which is not fun but it's for the greater good i guess that's that yeah so with toyota right like toyota sorry excuse me toyota is it like um how did how did like your your contract like how did they approach you did they approach you did they call you how did it work so at first uh, i think this was like a few weeks after virtual aman uh i got a message from this one guy's name is cy ong uh you know i think since last year he was asking me for my driver profile but i think i just did get around to it at that time and then he asked me for my driver profile again uh, and then uh, so I gave it to him I think yeah I, I don't know why last year I just didn't get around to sending him my driver profile but I think it's just one of those things where the universe is just like it's not the right time yet so uh, this year he asked for my driver profile again and I gave it to him uh, and then I think about a few weeks after that uh, he, I, I, when I gave him my driver profile, I didn't, I didn't ask him, I didn't ask him what it was for. I just gave it and just said, yeah, "You're welcome." <laughs> That's it. Uh, and then, like a few weeks later, I just, you know, uh, messaged him and I was like, "Okay, so you're asking me for my driver profile. What is it for?" And he said, "Toyota have uh, doing a young talent development program, and I've been telling them that I want you to be in it." And I was like, "Oh, wow." All right, uh, it's really cool. I hope I get selected then. Thank you. So that's just how it started. It was just that guy CY contacting me. Uh, fun fact: I was actually I, I met him last year in Sepang. I think around August or September, something like that. And I took some time out of my day just to meet him, just to know if you know uh, he's got any connections to help me get into uh, real life motorsports. And then I. You know, to me, it was just going to meet him to just see if there are any opportunities out there. But surprisingly, when he met my dad this year, he said he was actually really, really impressed by that because he, uh, he said he said that to him, 
uh, someone who's willing to you know take time out of their day to go see him and then wait until he's done with his races and everything just to talk about something like that to see if there are any racing opportunities to him that means that he sees someone that's willing to work hard to win something like that and you know when he told my dad that I was really surprised because uh, you know when I went to see him I did it like instinctively I, because I wanted to do it I wanted to go racing so I went and see, uh, saw him but to him uh, it, it was more than just me going over to see him and that's why he was you know really pushing for me to be selected by Toyota for this young talent development program so I you know I'm really happy that I met him last year because I don't think I would have that opportunity if I didn't meet him last year well that's very close I mean like coincidence a lot of um destiny things <laughs> um another question i want to ask is that you know with your e-racing you have your setup and all is that an expensive mm. thing to do like to have a setup how did it start how did what things did you get first uh i think yeah a lot of people think it's like, very expensive to get into it can be very expensive to get into but you know uh if you're smart with how you get your stuff you really don't have to spend that much uh my wheel i didn't pay for it i got it from a friend so and when, even when i started off my first wheel and everything uh it was given to me by my team so you know if you're uh, with a good team uh, and they've got like extra wheels because their drivers got new ones and stuff you can always borrow borrow start you can start somewhere and then uh, you know when you start winning stuff you, you'll find that you get a lot of like more even more of these equipments coming your way out of out of all of the racing sims that you play or should I say drive competitively in uh, which one would you say offers the highest level of realism? I, I would say R-Factor 2, hence why I spend most of my time on it. But Cerro Corsa uh, Competizione, ACC, is also very, very realistic and it's highly regarded, but it only has like two types of cars. But for those two types of cars, it's the most realistic out there. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I would say ACC. Uh, that's the most realistic uh, that I've that I have played, and then second will probably be R Factor Two. Mm, how would you say that uh, Asato Corsa Competizione compares to the original Asato Corsa? Uh, oh, Asato Cor- uh, ACC is just a huge step ahead. Uh, I think uh, when the developers made that game. The reason why they only made two types of cars is because they really wanted to focus on getting the uh, realism right for those two types of cars, which are GT3 and GT4. And they got it perfect because even the real life drivers that race those GT3 cars, they say that there's no other simulator out there that gets remotely as close uh, to ACC. But one thing, I, I still like a, the original Assetto Corsa more because you can uh, install a lot of modded tracks and cars into it. So that's one thing I really like about it. 
and I spent a lot of hours on it and do a lot of races on it just to like uh, hold my racecraft and well not only can you mod cars and tracks I think during the lockdown the F1 drivers uh, Charles Leclerc, Alexander Albon and Lando Norris they used that base to set a Corsa game and they modded in like lawn mowers and they raced around so you can even do something cool like that I do I remember that yeah <laughs> I think um, that's an interesting. What is it like the modded thing? How far can you yeah. go with the mods? I mean, like I've been lawnmowers or whatever. I mean, like what do you? Do? Oh, you can go very far. I think if you can think of something, there is a mod for it on a set of Corsa, and you can drive it. There's even a plane in a set of Corsa that you can fly. Cause someone modded it in, so it, it it goes crazy lengths. There's so many things you can mod. There's even a weirdly like really weird mod. Of like two guys on like on like the weight the I don't know what it's called the weightlifting thing, so there's like two guys on that thing. And then you can drive it, and the sound it makes is just the guys screaming. It it sounds really weird, but like it is an actual thing you can drive like if you mod it into the game. So there's literally no limits. If someone can do it, they will. And that's the thing. Nothing stops them from doing it. <laughs> it's really funny. Personally, how I feel about this is that. Because of the country that we're in, I think somebody needs to make a mod where they add a highly textured Myvi into the game. Expert diversity. You know, I actually know the people that can do mods like for a set of course in Malaysia. They made one for the Saga and the Kalisa, I think. It's really high detail. I was really really surprised. There's the Saga and there's this. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Kalisa and all. So I think if I ask them to mod a Myvi, they'll probably do it. Maybe I'll ask them to mod a few highways just for realism and then tailgate a few people. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I would vouch for that. Um, okay, you know what? I'm gonna delve a little bit deeper. Um, I think with like with your life, even with my life, it's hard to like balance everything up, especially having and family and especially right now with the pandemic and stuff like that how do you do it dude how do you how do you manage i don't (laughs) (laughs) no but seriously speaking i mean yeah i I agree with you it's super super tough to manage uh i mean but i I think i'm lucky because my teachers are quite okay with you know they, they understand the how serious i take a lot of these stuff and you know how big of a deal it actually is so a lot of them are actually like okay with me you know if i don't attend the class but at least i do their work because they understand that you know uh, i can't really follow uh, such a schedule uh, because i've got other stuff to do so i'm really happy that you know a lot of my teachers are really supportive and they're okay uh, you know that i can't attend certain classes but at least i do their work so that's mainly how i uh, cope with it other than that try my best though I mean I, I I have a schedule following it is a different thing but <laughs> I try my best to follow the schedule uh, plan my day out and everything plan my whole week out sometimes it's a little bit harder but you know uh, I try my best <laughs> it's nice I mean like with with, co- with college with school I mean even me and Adam like really struggling and we don't get nice lectures like you do have nice teachers <laughs> Yeah. Um, with the whole entire like, the racing and you have like a pretty tight schedule when it comes to races and it's not something you can really fall back on 
Is it does it feel suffocating? Do you feel like you want to stop at all? Uh, you mean for school or for like the mm-hmm. whole racing thing? Race racing. No, I think um uh, type of person that like you know when it gets the times like that, I'm just like <laughs> just just get it off your mind, just do it. <laughs> so. <laughs> It, it it does get very very suffocating to be honest like you just want to like have time to rest but i noticed that lately for me uh, especially it's just like i do one thing and i do the other so i do like racing stuff and i do studies racing studies back and forth and then that's it and like with the with the schedule do is it like because um, i from my from what i've like sort of though So most of these races occur like sometimes late in the night. Do you yeah, <laughs> especially since you know uh, these online races, a lot of them are in European leagues with European teams and stuff. So it's set up to a time zone that favors them, which is like you know a night or afternoon for them, which means it's like 2 a.m. in the morning for me. So. Yeah, it does get very tiring. Most nights I don't sleep, but you know, uh, I don't sleep doing something I really love, so it's not <laughs> much of a problem for me. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't have anything to ask to add on to this conversation. Are there any cars that you would say like you have any dream cars that you wish you could drive one day? Uh. Yeah, there's this one car by Mazda. It's an MX-5, the uh, ND, I think. It's really, really cool, small little car. Yeah, I, I'm into cars like that. Where even if it doesn't have much power, because like most of my friends, they're like, "Why you want to drive slow cars and stuff?" Uh, but I really like them. I really like small, tiny cars. Uh, I actually really like the Prius as well, because I like the hybrids and stuff. And it's like slow as hell, but <laughs> I don't know. It, it just it's the type of cars that I like. So, but yeah, I think one day hopefully I can get the Mazda MX-5. The MX-5 is that the car that people often refer to as a Miata? Yeah, yeah. Especially the older Miatas are quite cool as well. Oh, like with the, the 90s pop, ones, pop up right? headlights. Mm. Yeah, the 90s ones are cool with the pop up headlights. I I yeah. I would really love to have that as well, but I don't think it's road legal nowadays because apparently the pop up headlights it's like a danger to pedestrians if they get hit or something. Oh, I think they're still road legal here. I know a friend who drives a late 80s Mazda, and he oh. doesn't seem to have any problems with that. Oh, the rule that probably doesn't apply here. Cool. All right, I know what first car I'm gonna get. <laughs> what do you feel about the what's that car called? It's similar to MX-5, but not quite. Hmm. Wait, let me check. Is it the? I think the. It's like it, it used to be an anime, right? Like the. Oh no, not that one! I know what you're talking about. Not the A eighty six. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I figured it out. Uh, the MR two. Would you ever MR2. want to drive one of those? Hold on. Let me try and remember. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, I've seen a few of those uh, MR twos before. I don't know. It's not really my type of car, to be honest. 
I don't know why. It's just <laughs> like cars that look like the Miata and stuff. I think there's also the Nissan Fair Lady. Yeah, that those look cool. Actually, you know, there was this one time where I really, really wanted to get this, like, you know, the smart car, like the really, really tiny car. I love oh. that car, but my mom is so against me having that car. She said that even if I have all the money in the world, she'll practically disown me if I ever buy that car. So I don't know why she's so against it. I love that car. It looks very, very practical. So. Mika. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Uh, 50 euro, 100 euro, something like that. Uh, and a lot of the, of course, uh, the most money you get is probably from these like uh championships that have uh, cash prizes or something like that. And also through sponsorships, uh, where you're like, uh, if you help uh, put the, you know, make your car design. Uh, with the specific brand, they're willing to give you like few thousand ringgit for it, and if you're a hundred ringgit for it, then you know make money off of that. So there's a lot of different ways how you can make money. Uh, but yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I do get money from uh, sim racing and real life racing. Fifty oh, euros is a lot, I and mean, if you convert it, it's it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Especially when it all adds up, and you know, uh, over time, they give you a lot of these in small increments. Increments. <laughs> you usually spend this money on like upgrades, except or like just spend it on whatever, save it. What do you do with this money? Uh, a lot of it I save. Uh, but you know, the thing about racing, especially using you know PC and stuff, you're just never gonna stop upgrading your parts. <laughs> Even if you think, okay, I'm buying this really expensive part, should last a few years. And then suddenly, a few months from that from that moment, and then you're like, shit, now I got, now I need an upgrade for what? I thought everything was fine, and then, yeah, just a lot of money goes away just to upgrades that you thought you didn't need in the first place, but apparently you do. So, <laughs> look at it, Adam. Do you have any last closing remarks before we end our session? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really interesting that we got to we got to basically dig into the mind of a individual who is involved in motorsports because that, as we both know, isn't exactly such a common thing here. Most people would be content with driving around with like Ristar, Myvis, or something like that. Mm. So. Yeah, I think it was really interesting. Thank you, Mika, for allowing us to get some insights from you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you to both of you for having me. Yeah, Mika, one last thing. Do you have any advice? Just a quick, ten-second advice you'd give to people who want to do what you do. Really, really, don't give up and don't put obstacles in your head where you think people are gonna say this and that. Just be yourself and do it. It'll take you such a long way, like such such a long way. Right. Thank you, Mika. And no problem. Thank you. Um. 
So we've come to the end of our of today's episode and we'd love your insights on what was discussed. Share your thoughts on our Instagram at youth underscore official underscore or send us an email at youthofficial2020 at gmail.com. You can also email us any questions or topic suggestions that you would like us to talk about in our future episodes. Do remember to also check out our, our website and Instagram account for more info. It's us for the youth, by the youth, about the youth. Till next time, it's Elmira and Adam signing out. Bye.